Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, and Pastor Adam Osier continue their discussion on the small called articles, looking at an Old Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right. We are in our Old Testament episode as we continue to talk about the papacy and the small called articles... 2.4, and today we're in Zechariah 3. Have we ever been in Zechariah before? No, we're, this is this is a Breaking first. new ground, trailblazing our way through the Old Testament. Yeah. Another one bites the dust. Doom, doom. Yeah. That's not on our soundboard. Another sorry. one rides the bus. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is the only rock music we have on our soundboard. Ah, all right. And, uh, <laughs> that doesn't work. No. No. Yeah. I like our theme song I better. I feel like I taught this passage, Brett, at hmm. your church before you were there. Okay. I wasn't the pastor there. I was just invited like a, for a Sunday thing. And okay. I feel like I taught on this. Is there a parallel passage to this in one of the pro- other prophets? Maybe. I wonder I'm just sure. about this. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I taught it somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Badia? It's a good... It's a, <laughs> oh, Badia. Oh, Badia. <laughs> yeah, or Ma- Malachi or something. Yes. Um, no, but I. Yeah, it's a good passage and mm-hmm. it's... Uh, I love to see Pope Joshua take off here. So yeah. read it for us, Brad. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, part of the reason we're in this is because verse two is quoted in uh, this article and uh, where it says, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read the whole chapter and we'll just go from there. I don't know if we've ever done that, just an entire chapter, but you I know, guess... Probably yeah. because it breaks copyright laws or something like that. We'll find <laughs> we'll out. Have, to, have yeah, crossway, crossway after us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so it says this. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua is standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him. And he said, and to him, he said, behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you and I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord solemnly assured Joshua, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you the right of access among those who are standing here. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, you and your friends who sit before you, for they are men who are a sign. Behold, I will bring my servant the branch. For behold, on that stone that I have set before Joshua, on a single stone with seven eyes, I will engrave its inscription, declares the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of this land in a single day. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor to come under his vine and under his fig tree. Here ends a reading of God's word. Amen. Amen. Man, there's so much in this chapter. Yeah, I, I wish I, I had I a like fig it. tree. I mean, that's like, you have never <laughs> once invited me to hang 
hang out under uh, your fig tree. I, and if yes. I had one, uh, that is inspiring. I like figs. Yeah. It's one I do. of yeah. so do I. fig newtons. Yeah, it's well, fig newtons, but uh, also yeah. the is it is it really a fruit? It, it I suppose it is. Yeah, a fig <laughs> is a fruit. It's just a fig. It's very good. Uh, very yeah. good. Good stuff. Yeah, there's there's a lot to dive in here. Uh, it, the first yeah, thing I just ahead. to get this out of my system. How terrified is Joshua? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walked out from a bit. Yeah. <laughs> walked out into the heavenly courts. He's wearing dirty work clothes. <laughs> and God says to the angels, "Yeah, undress the man." <laughs> I, I envision uh, Chris Farley uh, <laughs> on the Japanese game show version, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I was talking to the concierge at the hotel, and she said, "Do you want to see a game show? Not be on a game." show and he, he didn't speak he's like for the love i don't speak japanese <laughs> and, he, and the, the the progression is like you have to like cut off body parts if you like yes. fail like his hand and stuff and so yeah that's what i'm envisioning joshua that's just awesome like, he's like kind not of exactly like where where probably not going. supposed to be here <laughs> look it anyway. up on youtube yes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly where, but it's i mean this is like uh actually the scene i was envisioning if we're really gonna go down that uh you guys seen galaxy quest no it's it's this parody from the late 90s of Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so there's this scene when they, they find out the actual aliens are real, and the aliens have this, this kind of so active software program where they look like humans, and then that program... Uh, Glitches. Like glitches when they get onto the spaceship. So they're coming at them with all these foreign tools, and the people are just standing there screaming. It's like <laughs> the angels, like as they're described in scripture, like, okay, yeah, go undress that guy. That guy's like, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the Chris Farley one yeah, better. It's a better For the love of, I don't speak angelese. <laughs> but, but we did get two different 90s pop culture references yes. out of wow. one passage. That's right. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, clap emoji. I can't push the button from here, the, but the, yes. Yeah. That one? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Turn well, it off. Well, let's <laughs> make it stop. <laughs> make it stop. Well, let's let's set this up a little bit here. You know, just thinking of Joshua the high priest. And, you know, at the time of uh, with Zerubbabel and Ezra and Nehemiah rebuilding the temple after coming back from captivity. Uh, this isn't the Joshua like Moses and Joshua. This is not Joshua, right. son of Nun, right. who this fit is... the bottle, battle of Jericho. Right. Yeah, it's not him. Yeah. So no, this is other Joshua. This is Joshua the high priest. So yep. uh, you know, if you want some context, you know, how you can go back and read uh, those portions. Of, of scripture to, to get that historical context. So, you know, they're in the midst of rebuilding the temple and, you know, it's it's in shambles after, you know, destruction. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of richness to some of those texts there. Um, but here we have this individual, Joshua, you know, high priest. Uh, you yeah, know, that's the first thing yes. to identify is he's already high priest. Yes. So this passage isn't about making Joshua the high priest. Now, in, in the eyes of the ancient Jews, it would have been scandalous for the high priest to be wearing filthy garments, mm -hmm. right? It, it would have been absolutely scandalous for the high priest to be unclean. And, and so that's what we're noting here. This isn't God plucking David from the tending his father's uh, sheep or, you know, doing, you know, uh, who uh, Gideon was treading the wine press yeah. and he was picked... Joshua's already high priest, so that changes the nature of what you're going in. And, and I think it's curious, Adam, off air, you, you had said, but isn't this what happened to the papacy? It, it is. And it's interesting, if you read this text, I don't know the history here, but is this something that 
the Catholic Church actually points to. Because if the reason I remember this, hmm. it, it was my birthday. But when Pope Francis was uh, in, in, sworn in, but uh, enthroned, inaugurated, yeah. inaugurated. There's a word there with the um, smoke. Papified yeah. when he was papified. Um, it was back, I think, in 2013. And uh, it was my birthday. So it was kind of an interesting thing. And in your, uh, the whole world's waiting for the College of Cardinals to vote on this individual, from a, usually from among them. And it was. And, and then you wait for the white smoke. And, and that person gets whisked away. And he has to choose his papal name, Francis. Um, and gets he gets undressed ha- by angels. He, well, he, he is dressed by the curia or whatever the, the, curia? the yeah, yeah the- he, he, he goes and he has a choice of all of these garments. So he does, he goes from his, his, uh, normal cardinal street clothes garment to <laughs> normal street clothes is his yeah. dirty Argentinian clothes. And no, that's not. Not a he reference goes, to the people of Argentina. It's <laughs> it's the fact that he lived in Argentina and he had dirty clothes. That's where I was going. Uh, for all of our Argentine listener, Adam, listeners. Adam's a Brazilian soccer fan, not an Argentinian <laughs> soccer fan. That's right. So so all of that, he goes in and then he, he is clothed in this white garment. And it seems like this, but you're exactly right. Because if that is where that comes from or that, that uh, ceremony comes from, it, it's interesting that it's he's already... He's already there, and his filthiness is real in spite of his office. Bingo. That's it. And that's what it's all about. And so this can't be earthly vestments. That's not what we're talking. The vestments are something else. And this opens wide one of my very most favorite themes in all of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Opens uh, wide yes. the clothing metaphor. Clothing. Yeah. Uh, going all the way back to the garden. You know. Going back to the Garden yep. of Eden. Going back to Joseph. Going back to the actual priestly ephod. Yep. Uh, over and over and over and over. And this is one of those yeah. in that that, that same line, genre, that red like, thread, yeah. is, is that God provides a better clothing hmm. than what we can provide. Provide for ourselves. Hmm. Now, what's interesting in this is that God provides a better clothing than what He had provided for the priests, hmm. because Joshua again is the high priest. We conclude as he's identified as the high priest, he's wearing the priestly ephod, right? He's mm-hmm. he's, he's there now. This is post exile, so maybe it's a copy. Of what it was, you know, they, they don't have the Urim and the Thummim. They don't have, we know that the, the sec- what? The Urim and the Thummim. I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, I know what they are. I just, you said it so aggressively and confidently that it's like saying, you almost have some yourself. Yeah. Well, it's, so you got the breastplate that has the 12 jewels. Yeah. Uh, for the the twelve jewels for the um, the twelve tribes of Israel, and then behind that's a little pocket where they keep the holy Roman dice that they throw out. That's what, <laughs> basically what we think the Urim and the Thummim are. Uh, but but you know we know that Second Temple Judaism was less ornate than the original Solomonic Temple. Yeah. Right. And and it was created with a little bit less detail than Leviticus lays out in, in Exodus lays out uh, for the tabernacle. But you've got the high priest, presumably identifiable as the high priest, meaning he's wearing the priestly garments, he's wearing the ephod. This is identified as unclean. And then God provides him with a garment, and then he says, he gives him the absolution. Hmm. Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. So we trace this thread. So it wasn't the curia after all. I don't even know if I'm using the right term for that group of people, but so it was God, you're saying. Interesting. Well, so the other Scandalous, thing... Scandalous, Jason. Put, put a pin here. 
Okay. Because I want to come back to this other theme. Jesus appears in three different ways in this passage. Hmm. And, and we're hmm. going to want to pay attention to that. Too. Yeah. Theophanies. Yeah. Uh, three different pictures of Jesus in this passage. But yep. uh, so the, the first time clothing shows up in the Bible is Genesis 3. And we, we've done a Bible study, go all the way back to our baptism yeah. lessons on the 3.22. Uh, the the clothing of the animal skins that yeah. God provides. So th- I've I've taught this consistently in my pastoral ministry, and I maintain it uh, most frequently. When this is taught in Lutheran churches, they emphasize the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice of the animals, and to take the skin off an animal, the animal's not surviving. Right, God's not shearing sheep when He provides them with the animal skin. Okay, <laughs> so it's there. But but notable. In, Thank you. Yeah, for that. I'm glad. N- notable for our <laughs> children who are listening. <laughs> for the children, we're going to get gruesome. So all the ten year old boys are like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Uh, uh, the blood isn't mentioned. That's not God's focus in the garment. And in in the idea of what happens at the end of Genesis three, is that the clothing that Adam and Eve provided for themselves, the the fig leaves are going to fade and die because they plucked them off a tree. They're, they're inadequate to cover their sin and shame. And so God provides them with better clothing, adequate clothing, you know, uh, in, in this case, abundant clothing, right? Because of, uh, yeah, leaves die and then they, they disintegrate and uh, stuff. <laughs> you guys are looking at me weird like I completely lost my train of thought. Well, when do you... You, you didn't lose your train of thought. It was just when you were trying to describe the fact that leaves die. You were using hand motions that... <laughs> Is this not the sign language for consistent? Yeah, because leaves die. Yeah, you know? That's it's the falling dead leaves, okay? Uh, you go from there. Yeah. We'll skip ahead to Joseph. Yeah. And the the robe that Jacob provides Joseph is a robe of favoritism, right? Now, in human context, it's awful. <laughs> Joseph becomes arrogant and his brothers kill him because of his robe. But but the image there is that God provides us with the robe of favoritism, with the well, robe of favor. And interestingly enough, I'm reading uh, a book currently. I, I read the previous book, Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes. Now I'm reading Misreading Scripture with Individualist Eyes. It's kind of that, hmm. it's, it's that, uh, that, robe that he gives Joseph is a robe actually of it may be inappropriately placed, but honor. Yep. It's, it's an honor in a, in a, I'm bestowing favor upon you and favoritism. So the in apologetic in this is that why Joseph did it wasn't pure favoritism, but Joseph was the eldest son of the intended wife, mm-hmm. but he's usurping custom. Right, so right. so or Jacob does this. So you remember, you go all the way back to Jacob and Laban. Uh, Jacob wants to marry Rachel. He falls in love with Rachel. Rachel's beautiful. Rachel's appealing to him. She so, has an older sister who had weak eyes. Weak eyes. <laughs> He's got a blind older sister, not necessarily as good looking as her. Uh, she's just not all that for Jacob. Mm. And so Jacob works for seven years. And then they get married, uh, and, and it's one of those biblical things I can't wait to have, you know, uh, have explained to me. Uh, he wakes up, and it's, 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 lo and behold, it's his eyes that apparently had been weak, <laughs> and he could not see who he was with. Something in this progression does not add up to my Western, like, at what point in time do you think you were going to figure this out, right? <laughs> uh, so, uh, Jacob intended to marry Rachel, was deceived into marrying Leah, and so he gets them both. Uh, this creates all sorts of problems. But in the end, all of the wives and all of the concubines, Joseph is the oldest son of the wife, 
Jacob intended to marry. So that's the apologetic for why he does it. It's not just rote favoritism. It's not like you say child number four is my favorite child and all the others are all right, but right. you know, not something like that. So you went from Adam and Eve. They are dressed in animal skins. Yeah. You know, the, the nakedness was covered. And now you're talking about the honor of Joseph's robe. Yeah. Now what? Then you go to the priestly garment, right? Then you go to the ephod. And the ephod is 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 for sacred ministration, right? You've got the you've got the breastplate, you've got the holy Roman dice, but <laughs> uh, every every one of every part down to the underwear, every part of the priestly garments are designed by God to communicate holiness. And, and so the idea of the ephod is that it's holiness and it's representative for the people. That's what the breastplate's for, yeah. is that you've got the 12 tribes represented as jewels in God's eyes. Okay? And we, we could go on and on I, I and on say, and on. This is, yeah, it's such it's, a it's huge... It's so fun yeah, to study. I just right. love it. Okay, Now, there's some theological stops we need to make before we get to the end, right? And so this is one of the theological stops with Joshua. The other one is Isaiah. Um, Isaiah, was it 59 or 64? I always get them confused. Uh, uh, we have sinned and all our sins are like a filthy garment. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, in the, the second half of the verse is they all have become withered like leaves yeah. and blow away yeah. by the wind. And the comparison Fantastic. being made there. I think it's 59. Yeah. It's the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I did interrupt. I was just telling you, yeah, that it was Isaiah 59, I think, is what you're it's, referencing. Yeah, there's two passages, and the space in my brain where I would distinguish those two passages in Isaiah I always go to is occupied by baseball stats from 1988. Uh, yes. Uh, and so I, <laughs> Isaiah 64.6 is 64, six, yeah. Yep. Isaiah 64.6 is your sins have created a separation with your God. But 59 also has this same theme to it as well. Yeah. I think the only reason I'm saying that is that was actually the text that I taught at your church and and it was part of a longer study. That's why I'm like, is there a Uh, parallel? And I have to go back and look. That's what triggered my mind. Completely (laughs) unhelpful to the listeners. Yeah. (laughs) You got it in. Got it. Uh, But so so the theological reality we pull out of the end of this, and this has been a long road to travel, but the theological reality is our good works are also compared to garments, right? So we're we're contrasting God's righteousness with our unrighteousness, the idea of the filthy rags, the the literal translation of Isaiah 59.2 is a menstrual garment where it's mm-hmm. we're ritually unclean not only just soiled but but ritually unclean uh, and then you get through uh, there, there, there's some clothing imaging imagery with Christ um, one of the place is uh, the rich man in Lazarus yeah. and he talks about the lavish robes that he wore on this earth and, and Lazarus was having the sores licked by dogs so there's some clothing imagery in there but where the clothing imagery finds its telos, it has two endpoints in Scripture. One is Galatians three twenty seven uh, through baptism. Uh, you have mm-hmm. been clothed with Christ. Okay, mm-hmm. so in the church, your clothing is applied in baptism, and it's the robes of Christ's righteousness. Uh, in the end, at the very end of time, it's the white robes that you wear to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Which again, that winds us back to the marriage peril, um, parable in. In the Gospels, right, where the the wedding feast, the wedding feast, where he provides the garments yeah. and the guy gets in not wearing the correct garments, that's a picture of the wedding supper of the Lamb in Revelation. So clothing, 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 clothing. It all represents a, an aspect of our righteousness before God, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's going on here in Joshua. It's funny as you talk about this. This is you know something super theological that you've gone into. You've yeah. walked through the text itself and. 
I, I, I'm going to just bring it down to what triggered my, in my mind. And this isn't funny, but it's true. I appreciate specific clerical garments for that very thing. Yep. For sure, that yeah. very reason. I was not, wondering if you're going to get into this. Yeah, yeah, not because I think that there's some sort of a power in wearing a garment like that. Although when I did wear a clerical collar all the time and I was visiting hospitals, people would call me father who were twice my age and I felt pretty honored, you know, <laughs> but no, but in all honesty, it was a reminder of the office that I, I filled. And also on, you know, on Sundays as you're wearing the robe and everything else, you're, you're, um, it's a picture of exactly this, the righteousness that we have been clothed in, in Christ. And, and all of that is a visual image to the, to the people. God wants us to be reminded of these things. He wants us to say, so even what we do wear as pastors, for instance, uh, is something that is sending a message. It's teaching the people. And, and I think I say that a little bit, again, inside baseball with our group, you know, that's something that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of neglected, kind of pushed to the side as kind of unimportant or too quote unquote Catholic, you know, it's just some would say, but in, in, in my estimation, I think that's what I, that's what I find to be valuable is it's an honoring of that very reality that, that the clothing motif of how we have been robed in the righteousness of Christ. It's a visual reminder, just like God constantly is giving us those things. He's even commanding them in the sacrament, right? Uh, I want you to, you, you're slow, so take this and eat it. I want you to put it in your mouth and taste it. <laughs> I want you to drink this. I want you, uh, there's, there's visible things God wants us to see. This is a beautiful thing. That's a complete side note to this. No, but you're absolutely right. But yeah, that's that. what's going on. And, and it, it gives us an opportunity to talk about, uh, this is a criticism I have in our low church heritage. Okay. Now, the interesting thing is the, the rejection of vestments in the AFLC isn't anti-Catholic. Some people think it is. It's actually a rejection of the state church in Norway. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, so the AFLC comes out of the, the environment where in the state church of Norway, the office of the pastor was a government job. It's funny because the people of our church body don't probably realize that. You're right. And I yeah. do know that, but literally have been told, oh, that's pretty Catholic. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and that goes down to generic American Christianity, which there's more than enough of that in any of the traditional historic denominations. So we don't need to pick that fight. But yeah, we So are, you're saying, Stephen, Furtick's $3,000 hoodie or whatever it was, um, you know, that, that he had is, is sending a message to what he's wearing. And I'm, you are what you wear. In right? his little fiefdom there. Yeah. But, but to this end, we have to live in the reality of our low church environment. And, and would, would, you know, pastoral garments, vestments, and or collars, would they help communicate an idea? Yes. Scripturally, are they necessary? No. no. That's Adiaphora. But to that end, as, as someone who I wear in a very unluther manner, I wear a suit every Sunday. I mean, you do too, Brett. Is my, my church has said, you know, like uh, in hotter Sundays, just wear a polo. And I'll say, nope. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? It's like, right now, this is my vestment. I have preached in your church on a hotter Sunday. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a weight loss program. It's like being uh, in a sauna. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's a great way to do it. You should sauna. get one of those plastic suits, yeah. you know, like <laughs> you just sweat it tailored out, like, like a being in a hot business. Tent. So, yeah. but anyway, uh, so it's, it's, you find those ways to represent holiness as something that is worn. It's something that is applied to you from outside. Mm-hmm. Now, now we, we, we've really gone down a right. trail. The other thing I wanted to highlight this. Were you highlighting, by the way, just to, to go back, were you highlighting three? 
three things, the, the three ways we see Jesus That's in this passage. That's what I'm running back. So yeah. the first was clothing. Uh, well, the, no, actually the first is Joshua. Joshua himself. Yeah, okay. Joshua is the, the, the Greek version of Joshua's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jesus simultaneously in scripture is the new Joshua entering the promised land. God is, is the my new, salvation. Is yeah, the, the God name. is my salvation. He's also the high priest, right? Uh, Hebrews 4 allows us to tie Jesus back to this passage yeah. in Joshua. Yeah. Okay, so he's Joshua. Then you have the angel of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? The angel of the Lord, which more often than not is a theophany, mm-hmm. right? So you have the angel of the Lord, and then you have the prophecy of the branch. Yep. Yeah, yes, I love that. It's like, yeah. so here's Jesus, here's Jesus, here's Jesus. You're getting Jesus in this passage. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, which is is so refreshing, you know, in thinking of our our initial topic of the papacy, you know, to kind of bring it back around to that, that you know, in the in the midst of this this office, this uh, this horrible thing that has been developed in church history, we have Jesus as yeah. as uh, you know, well, <laughs> taking away the filthy garments. Uh, yeah, the Lord rebuking uh, the devil there. Yes. Yeah, and and we can wrap it up here, but it's entirely fitting that it's supposed to be about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The Roman Catholic Church has made it about not Jesus. Uh, the the generic American Church is in danger of making it about not Jesus, but. Last year, I think it was 2022, it might have been Lent of this year, uh, uh, I think it was 2022 in response to the pandemic, Francis comes out with, if you can't get to a church, you know, it's okay to just pray to Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> you look for it. He he, says he's it. your second best option. Uh, yeah. First of all, it's, <laughs> yeah. the, it's the priest in your local parish. Uh, but, he's, he's the best. But Jesus is okay. Who knew we could just go to Jesus this whole time, right? <laughs> but th- that's the whole point, right? And and that's the objection Luther and Melanchthon have at this point in the Book of Concord. It's like, you put something in Jesus' place, guess who you're replacing? Jesus. <laughs> you're taking him out of the way. So for, for, for Francis to say, well, you know, well, you can just pray to Jesus instead of doing penance and confession, uh, that's kind of the point of the objection here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, should we wrap it up at, at that point? Yeah, I think it's yep. a good place to All stop. All right. We'll catch you next time for our New Testament episode. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Do you know a student who would benefit from the training at the Free Lutheran Bible College? Encourage them to apply at flbc.edu. Applications are open for both fall of 2023 and 2024. Start here. Go anywhere. Grounded in God's Word.